It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. I just want to give credit where credit is due to all the hosts, guests, experts on cable TV, including my colleagues at my favorite cable spot, and all over radio for reminding the American people that it was nearly five years ago to the day that on this very radio show, we revealed that Trump, Trump world, had been or was being spied upon. Actually, none of that happened today, other than Pete Hegseth over the weekend in Hannity. Not a single broadcaster, certainly not at the national level, on cable or conservative talk radio, bothered to go back in history. We're not telling them to go back into ancient history or the revolutionary period or the Civil War period, just a few years back. When I revealed, just by pulling together the leaks that had been in the media, when I revealed, what was it, March 2nd or 3rd, Mr. Producer? The 3rd of March, 2017, what I saw in the media, because nobody had put it together, I came under vicious attack by the very media who had published these reports and got no support except from maybe two or three of my colleagues. None. And I went toe-to-toe with the Associated Press and Reuters. I went toe-to-toe with CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post. I went toe-to-toe with all of them, pretty much alone, and that was okay. Now you see folks all over TV the senators lining up, the congressmen lining up, the commentators from all kinds of backgrounds lining up, telling you they knew it. Or telling you that Bill Barr, when he was attorney general, said at a hearing that, yes, he believes Trump was spied on. Six months after I mentioned this. Six months. The only news outlet that I'm aware of that was interested in even contacting me to discuss this was Fox News Digital. Not Fox News. Not Fox Business News. Certainly not CNN or MSNBC. Certainly not the Washington Post or the New Just them. That's it. Now why does this matter, you ask? Well, it has nothing to do with me. But that story was blown off. That story was rejected. When Donald Trump picked it up, when Joe Pollack at Breitbart picked up what I had said that day, they came under attack too. Oh, he uses the word wiretap. The word wiretap was used because it was in a headline in the New York Times, which they eventually changed when people said, can you prove a wiretap? And, of course, I made the point, I can't prove anything. I don't have subpoena power. I don't have a grand jury. But I have the media platform, one after another, 
reporting leaks about what took place. So shame on the phony news platforms today that pretend that broadcast on this program on March 3rd never occurred. Shame on the phony news platforms today that pretend the Fox and Friends Sunday show I did with Pete Hegseth, among others, on March 5th, 2017, never existed. Shame on the phony news platforms that pretend that the next night on Hannity, March 6th, 2017, that my discussion of this never existed. The reason is, ladies and gentlemen, and the reason this is important is because the media were involved, the media knew a lot of this and covered it up. And the media today are doing the same thing. They act like this is a snore job, a snooze job. It's no big deal. It's a big deal. And this and Russia slash Ukraine are the two big subjects of the day I want to discuss, but not the only ones. Because I also want you to know how Mitch McConnell is sabotaging conservatives and sabotaging the conservative base the way he did with the Tea Party. And hopefully today we'll have time for that too. Now, of course, every particular of what Mr. Dorm is finding out through his criminal investigation, how could I possibly know that? I didn't do a criminal investigation. I don't have the authority to do a criminal investigation. And to the extent anything I said was inaccurate... It was inaccurate because the media were inaccurate, for which they've never apologized. And I gave the source in each example. This is exhibit one and two and three and four, and where did I get it from? Then the media said I was lying, that I was a conspiracy theorist. How could I be lying or conspiracy theorist when I'm regurgitating what they printed? What they said. That put them in a tough position, of course. I got almost no backing from conservatives in talk radio or on cable TV because they're cowards. A handful that stood up are clearly in good stead, but the rest are just cowards. They talk tough. They wanted nothing to do with this. But what's right is right. And even today, even today, you see these news reporters breaking their backs to try and avoid what was said on March 3rd, March 5th, and March 6th. Right here. Right here. It's hard to avoid it. When if you do a Google search, there I am. But they managed to do it. Even my colleagues, they managed to do it. Now let's begin. Fox and Friends, March 5, 2017. Cut one, go. On your Thursday evening radio broadcast, you laid out a devastating case about executive overreach of the Obama administration, which many believe metamorphosized itself to tweets that President Trump sent out on Saturday morning, accusing potential wiretapping in Trump Tower. Uh, We want to give you a case here this morning to lay out what you know, what you know about it, and the evidence you have for the potential executive overreach of the Obama administration. Well, pleasure to be here. The evidence is Before we go on, here I am live. There's no way in hell this Obama administration, Obama-Biden administration, didn't know what was going on with the Hillary Clinton campaign. There's no way in hell the FBI intel side and the intelligence services didn't know that this private firm hired by the Clinton campaign, no way they didn't know that they weren't involved in 
tapping into the Trump Tower servers to try and set up a fake Russia narrative. They knew all about it. There's no way they couldn't have known. Go ahead. President Trump's tweeting. This is about the Obama administration's spying. And the question isn't whether it's spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question is, who did they spy on? The extent of the spying. That is, the Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates. And I want to walk you through this, the American people. So let's stop now because we have a hard break coming up and I don't want to cut it short. And you'll see how we get into this. And then I want to talk about what Dorham has found and what he's pursuing and how he's now accelerating his investigation because people are coming forward. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Margot Cleveland. It's a pretty good summary at the Federalist. Minus March 2017, of course, but that's been par for the course. Enemies of Donald Trump surveilled the Internet traffic at Trump Tower at his New York City apartment building, and later at the executive office of the President of the United States, then fed disinformation about the traffic to intel agencies hoping to frame Trump as a Russian-connected stooge. That's her first paragraph. Here I am five years ago. Cut to go. Exhibit one. Exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street. Two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court, this is spying, uh, in October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Let me go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say, named Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm-hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now, sources suggest that they find... Well, let's stop there. The server. Trump Tower servers were the subject, according to Durham, of the so-called private party operatives paid for by Hillary Clinton. So the newspaper report had it partly right, not completely right. But so what? This should have been enough for somebody to investigate. Go ahead. The full content of emails 
and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, I know people are hung up with Trump's word wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? Exhibit 2, The Guardian, a well-known right-wing British paper. Here it is. Uh, Quote, the Guardian has learned the FBI applied for a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team suspected of irregular contacts with Russian officials. Keep in mind, this is during a presidential election. The sitting president, the incumbent party, is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign to some extent. The FISA court turned down the application asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit 3, McClatchy, another well-known right-wing newspaper. Here they have the agencies. Headline, FBI, five other agencies, five other Obama administration agencies probe possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin uh, covertly aided presidential-elect Donald Trump. Now remember, now remember, ladies and gentlemen, this guy Michael Sussman, who worked with Elias at this Perkins Coy law firm, he was working for Hillary Clinton and her campaign. He went to the FBI and pressed exactly this case. So he had some success throughout the bureaucracy. I don't think we know in any way the full extent of this yet. Go ahead. The matter said, the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Justice Department, the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, and representatives of the Director of the National Intelligence. Are you telling me Barack Obama didn't know it was Mark, going on in six go, agencies? As you hold go on, on, hold on, how are hold you on. Do, okay, keep going. I'm not done. I need to make the case. Because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well-known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications part of inquiry into Trump associates January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Unit, the investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive, uh, conclusive evidence of wrongdoing. Listen to this. One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretap communications have been provided to the White House. Now stop. This- that word wiretapped was in the New York Times piece and in the headline of that piece and then changed. If Philip Bump wants to know or anybody wants to know, it's very simple to find out. And I pointed that out at the time. It was the New York Times that said there were wiretaps. So why are you attacking Donald Trump or me? Go ahead. It's the New York Times, another my right-wing exhibit outlet. four. Another right-wing outlet, Let's yeah. continue. <laughs> New York Times again. NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with the government's 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out the door? Well, March 1, Exhibit 6, Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence 
of Russian election hacking. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election and about possible contacts between associates of President-elect Trump and Russians across the government. I'm not done. <laughs> Exhibit 7, New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions. Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the, uh, the uh, Russian ambassador. And so how do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But there's an awful lot of other activity. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post, March 2nd. U.S. investigators have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian officials during the time he was advising Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials mm -hmm. and Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in this the This is how spring. they took out Sessions. This is how they got Sessions to recuse. They dragged him into the investigation. More when I return. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. I don't know if 120,000 troops, hundreds and hundreds of tanks, the forward movement of an air force, and ground-to-ground -ground and ground-to-air missiles were moved up on our border. I think the odds are pretty good that somebody wants to cause some problems. Don't you think, Mr. Producer? We have people out there, look, I don't take a back seat to anyone in their criticism of this idiot Biden and what he's done. But that does not excuse China, that does not excuse Iran, that does not excuse North Korea, and it certainly doesn't excuse Russia either. Russia's no friend. Period. Putin's no friend. And yet we have these Russophiles amongst us in both parties on television on radio why does America care why does America care about anything why does America care about what goes on in Europe in the Middle East and it's 7,000 miles away why do we care they act like it's the 1500s we have missiles now so do they of nuclear warheads. So do they. And we see what they're doing. China, Iran, and Russia. So the people who speak like this and are, I don't know that they're intentionally ignorant or just play the role because they think that's what you want to hear. The people who sound like modern day George McGoverns and Modern-day Neville Chamberlains? Let me tell you something, folks. Russia's moving all those troops for a reason. What they intend to do, how they intend to do it, I can't predict, but they intend to do something. They intend to do something. I don't think this is some big lie. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't believe it. This... 
whole approach to the United States, to NATO, to other parts of the world, was sowed by Joe Biden in Afghanistan. By Joe Biden bending over backwards for Iran. Remember, Russia's at the table, China's at the table, as well as Europe, and they see what the United States is willing to do to capitulate to a nuclearized Iran. Russia itself tested Biden, and Russia won. When it came to their oil pipeline, among other things. China has no fear of Biden whatsoever. Again, they all witnessed what took place in Afghanistan. General Milley getting on the phone, promising the communist Chinese military leader that, don't worry, if Trump starts a war, I'll give you a heads up. That, to me, that, to me, is a treasonous act. That's just my opinion. But it's very, very worrisome. So the incompetence, the buffoonery, the real-world disaster that was created by Biden and his military and national security advisors has had an impact. 9,000 American citizens still in Taliban-held Afghanistan. That is unacceptable. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So now what do we do? What do we do? According to some, we do nothing. Not our problem. Now, if Putin believes, we believe that it's not our problem, what's the big deal? What do you think he's going to do? If Putin believes some of the buffoons in our own country, in both parties, what do you think he's going to do? Think he's going to stop at Ukraine? What do you think communist China is going to do? Think they'll be encouraged to attack Taiwan? These are our allies, ladies and gentlemen. They're our allies. So what should we do? It's, it, it amazes me. People, uh, it's all black and white. We send in troops to fight the Russians. Is that what Reagan did when he defeated the Soviet Union? No. We have the power right now to destroy the Russian economy. Right now. Right now. We have the power to destroy the Russian economy. As we have the power to destroy the Chinese economy, but we're destroying our own economy first, apparently. But I'll tell you what we should do, and they're kind of doing it, but I don't think enough of it. The eastern border of certain key NATO countries is shared with Ukraine. We must muscle up the military, ours included, on that eastern border. Muscle it up. Whatever the combination of equipment, air power, missiles, whatever it is, has to be done. So this thing doesn't get out of control should this thing happen. We should send in as much, not defensive equipment, offensive equipment as possible to the Ukrainians now, immediately. And we should have done it over the last 
several months so that the Russians pay a very, very severe price, just as they were arming the Taliban and others, just as Reagan armed them, uh, armed uh, the freedom fighters in Afghanistan against the Soviets. I'm sure we're doing some of it, but I don't believe we're doing enough of it. Should be Operation Overlord. Heard that before? Should be Operation Overlord. As much as possible. So the Russians feel the result. And that could have an impact on Putin and his country. Destabilizing his situation. So it's not a matter of, uh, do you want your kids to die in a war in a far-off place? There are things that need to be done, can be done, must be done to deal with Putin. Must be done. As I've said before, he's not building these advanced weapons to attack these former captive nations. He's advancing and developing these advanced weapons for us just as communist China is, for us, just as Iran and North Korea are. We can play ostrich all we want. The enemy doesn't play ostrich. And one day we'll look around and we won't have allies. That'll become a huge problem, don't you think? Anybody know why we have bases and forces, aircraft, military of other sorts, in Europe. Anybody know why? It's because we're warmongers, because we're colonialists, imperialists, because of the neocons and the federal contractors? No. It's so we don't have another outbreak of a third world war. Because the other two cost American lives by the, I don't even know, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands. And the next one will be worse, given the sophistication of the weaponry, particularly nuclear weapons. So those who speak as I accuse, they're not for peace. They will bring war. Massive war. So we need to strengthen mightily the eastern border. The eastern border that is shared with Ukraine mightily strengthen it but we need to immediately provide the Ukrainians with effective powerful offensive weaponry so the Russians pay a severe price for what they're about to do we care in order to protect the United States and our people Because as a country rolls over one country after another after another, they're not satisfied. We learn this from recent history. Now, some would have you believe all of our focus should be on China. Now, let me tell you something. I've been talking about China before any radio or television host. Please don't make me go back and prove it, Backbenchers, but it is true on Levin TV, later on Fox, behind this microphone. There is no question China 1 is our number one threat. But then I would ask this. Why are Russia 
and China in a new strong alliance. If Russia is not to be of a concern, we're supposed to bifurcate them, pretend they're not even talking to each other. Why do they now have a new military compact? Why has China announced that it supports Putin if he moves in Ukraine? And that's not all. Why do Russia, China, and now Iran have an axis of power? Why is that? Because they're organizing against us. That's why. They're organizing against us. Now, under Biden, we now have the Islamic State back in Syria and growing. You believe that? Afghanistan has been conquered because we surrendered by the Taliban. Russia is poised to attack Ukraine. China is poised to attack Taiwan. And Iran is poised to attack the state of Israel as well as moderate Gulf states. It's already doing it through proxies. The case of the UAE and Yemen. Does this concern anybody? Or is this all a figment of the neocon imagination? It's trouble. Big trouble. You can see what's happening outside the country, and you can see what's happening inside the country. We are basically fighting. We, red-blooded patriotic Americans. A two-front war of sorts. Here at home, we're trying to protect our values, our traditions, our society. We're trying to keep our streets safe. We're trying to maintain civil order. We're trying to prevent our children from being brainwashed by the radical left racists. And quite frankly, perverts. I'll say it because I believe it. We're having to fight at home simply to protect our history, our icons, our founding documents, our founders. We're having to do battle with corporatists, academics, teachers unions, Democrat politicians, some Republican politicians, and a corrupt media. As the storm clouds of war build outside our borders. And speaking of borders, effectively we have none. Joe Biden wants to take steps against the truckers. Canadian truckers as well as Americans, but Canadians in particular on the northern border. When it comes to illegal aliens, fentanyl coming into this country, killing our children, MS-13, when it comes to these vile, vicious, heinous cartels getting footholds in our country, Joe Biden doesn't lift a finger except to help them in one form or another. Inflation has brought down many countries. In fact, inflation led to World War II. Inflation led to the rise of Hitler. Inflation is extremely dangerous. 
And we have inflation. And Biden wants more of it. He wants to spend more money. The laws of economics don't apply to Biden. They don't apply to the American Marxists. They don't apply to Bernie Sanders, don't you know? But clearly they do. Clearly they do. We were energy independent in the last years of the one-term Trump presidency. Something we have always sought to be. If you're energy independent, you're secure. Your economy is secure. Your people are secure. Your country's secure. And the price of energy affects the price of everything. So what did Biden do? He sabotaged our energy independence. He crippled it. Crippled it. You might think his family's on the payroll of the communist Chinese. By the way, the man conducts himself. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Well, let's see here, ladies and gentlemen. We have a guy by the name of Justin Trudeau in 2013. Eight and a half years ago, he had nothing but admiration for the communist regime, even under Xi there at the time in communist China. I want you to listen to this. Hat tip rumble. Cut 11. Go. Which nation's administration do you most admire? There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime. How do you like that? See, this is why I use the phrase American Marxism. You can use Canadian Marxism, Israeli Marxism, whatever. Fundamentally, the so-called progressives, this is where they are. Fundamentally, when the rubber hits the road, this is what they resort to, folks. This is who they are. That's why they seek day in and day out to put Donald Trump in prison. And if they can get away with it, this whole family... This is what these regimes do. This is what they do. I want to remind you why the media are in on all this. The media are of the same mindset. Unfreedom of the press. Lays it out. There was an individual on Fox today, I think on the five, I think she said, what motivates them? What's the issue? I thought, didn't you read the book, Unfreedom of the Press? You of all people should read the book. Yes, they're of like mind. They socialize together. They breed among each other. They're of one party. It's a monolith. The entire book lays it out. This is why you're so smart. You know this stuff. New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman, and I wrote about this. I think it was in Liberty and Tyranny. He had and has an affection for the genocidal regime in China. Oh, he would say no, but what is, is. Our one-party democracy, I believe, was the title of the piece in the New York Slimes, which also has an affinity for such regimes. He wrote, watching both the health care and climate energy debates in Congress, it's hard not to draw the following conclusion. There's only one thing worse than the one-party autocracy. That is the one-party democracy. 
which is what we have in America today. How wrong this guy is all the time. He wouldn't say that today. He'd say the Democrat Party is the savior, the righteous party, the Republican Party is the party of the white supremacists. But that's what he wrote. That's what he wrote 12 and a half short months, uh, years ago. One party autocracy, and he means communist China, certainly has its drawbacks. But when it's led by a reasonably enlightened group of people, as China is today, it can also have great advantages. That one party can just impose the politically difficult but critically important policies needed to move a society forward in the 21st century. It's not an accident that China is committed to overtaking us in electronic cars and solar power. But nothing about what, ladies and gentlemen? Civil rights and civil liberties. Nothing. Nothing. Friedman called for the big spending czar crazy Barack Obama. He called him a centrist. Our one party democracy is worse, he said. The fact is, on both the energy, climate legislation, and healthcare legislation, only the Democrats are really playing. With a few notable exceptions, the Republican Party is standing, arms folded, and saying no. Many of them just want Obama to fail. Such a waste. Mr. Obama is not a socialist, he's a centrist. It's a centrist, even though he was a communist. By his own writings. Then they tried to cover it up. He wanted to be a senator and then president. Now, Friedman has praised communist China's power to get things done before. And in August 27, 2008, column writes Newsbusters, during the Summer Olympics back then, hosted by Beijing, just as the Winter Olympics are now hosted by Beijing, he praised the, quote, concentrated state power of China. China did not build the magnificent $43 billion infrastructure for these games or put it on the unparalleled opening and closing ceremonies simply by the dumb luck of discovering oil. No, it was the culmination of seven years of national investment, planning, concentrated state power, national mobilization, and hard work. National mobilization, ladies and gentlemen. I'm surprised he didn't mention the Third Reich. Our friend Tim Graham back then also caught Friedman wishing America could be, quote, China for a day, unquote, on the Cobert report on Comedy Central, which is so great, by the way. They moved it to a network time. So great. Everybody, when they look at that one ear of his, they reminisce about Mr. Spock. But anyway. But this is a perfectly normal view. I wrote about this in Liberty Tyranny, I believe of the press. So when the press in America and the press in Canada look at what's taking place in Canada with the truckers, it's for the greater good. It's centralization. There's a national goal. It's long overdue, ladies and gentlemen, long overdue when you're throwing trespassers and paraders in jail in Washington, D.C. and calling it an insurrection. It's long overdue, ladies and gentlemen. It's long overdue. The same mindset. Now, a little over 48 hours ago, I pointed to Canada and I told you now it's a totalitarian regime. Now you can see all of our friends in the media calling it a totalitarian regime. That's the import of this program. It gives people cover. I'll take the crap, but it gives people cover. And that's okay. I say what I believe. And that's what I believe. 
Now, if you don't believe me, I want you to listen to this. Here is Justin Trudeau at a press conference. Cut 12, go. Today, to continue building on these efforts, the federal government is ready to use more tools at its disposal to get the situation fully under control. After discussing with cabinet and caucus... His own cabinet and caucus, which is his own minority party. It's a minority party. They're in a coalition. Go ahead. With premiers from all provinces and territories, after speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government... By the way, the opposition leaders in Canada are no better than our opposition leaders. No better than McConnell. Their opposition party in Canada is filled with McConnells. So they're going along with this. Don't you think McConnell would go along with this? I certainly do. I I believe it's an insurrection. Go ahead. The Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades. What's with this Emergencies Act? All you have to do is say, you know what? The science tells us to lift the mandate on the vaccine. So we're going to lift it. Then everything's over. But no, 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 no. We got to trigger the Emergencies Act. Go ahead. I want to be very clear. The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. Until they hate them. Until they back Black Lives Matter. You see, law enforcement agencies are all systemically racist. Capitol Police in America, the Metropolitan Police in America, all systemically racist, unless they're used and turned on the people. Then suddenly they're good. Go ahead. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. Now they're worried about protecting people's jobs. You had the lockdowns, put people out of business, shut, uh, shut down churches and synagogues. Oh, yeah. Gun shops targeted certain industries. The big box store stayed open. The little retailer was shut. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're worried about keeping people's jobs, like the nurses who don't do the vaccines or the teachers who don't. Oh, yeah, they're worried about keeping jobs, ladies and gentlemen. Now they're worried about jobs. Notice they're not worried about the vaccine itself, and the, they don't mention the virus, do they, Mr. Producer? We insist on the virus. We insist on medicine and vaccines for the virus to protect. No, no, no. It's now to protect jobs which they destroyed by the millions. This is power-hungry. This is what you see, these police state tactics. And whether they're exercised by a Trudeau or a Putin, a Stalin or a Biden or a Pelosi, they are what they are. Whether they are cheered on by Pravda are cheered on by the Washington Post or the New York Times. For the individual human being, it's the same damn thing. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. 
We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Here's your typical media matters for America, Soros front group, and we know what he is and was, and we know what they are and are. Fox's Mark Levin says Senator Bernie Sanders would have been a Nazi appeaser prior to the rise of the Third Reich. Did I say he was a Nazi appeaser, Mr. Producer? These are sick bastards over there. Just sick. And then groups like Wikipedia pick up on it and use them as a source with a footnote. Oh, Mark said, I say what I say. It's on the air. Millions of you hear me. We archive it for four years on my website. What's the problem? The problem is I have an interpreter that is a Soros front group. Now, I do think Media Matters would have fit in very well in the Third Reich, or any Reich for that matter, Mr. Producer. The old Soviet Union, current-day communist China, I think they'd be perfect Media Matters. I really do. Because they fit into that mindset. The big lie. Propaganda. Pseudo-events. Dark money. Funding their... Their positions, they're bought and paid for, sellouts, who hate their own country. Here, put that down, boys and girls. We'll link to it all over the place. Who's Christia Freeland, ladies and gentlemen, in America? She's the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. She is, in effect, their Kamala Harris. Listen to this one. Listen to her at this press conference. What I said to you, now well over 48 hours ago, that Canada has become a totalitarian police state. People are now using other words. That's perfectly fine. You get the drift. Because it is. Because Putin couldn't do a better job of putting down political opposition, peaceful protesters, and hardworking Canadians. Putin couldn't do a better job on his own people. Go. First, we are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules. What does that that have to do with the truckers, Mr. Producer? Are they laundering money? Are they committing acts of terrorism? So they're using laws that they put in place to deal with Al-Qaeda, etc., against their own people. This has always been the fear in our country. Go ahead. Funding platforms and the payment service providers they use. So they're applying them against crowdfunding platforms and payment service providers, like a PayPal or a GoFundMe or what have you. They're grabbing the money. They're grabbing the funding. This is, in fact, what they do in tyrannical regimes. This is why people invest in gold and gems and other things. I'm just being honest. Go ahead. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrency, digital assets. See, the people who, many of them, including members of my family and friends as well, who have invested in digital assets and cryptocurrencies, this is their great fear. This is their great fear. And this is why they're investing in digital assets and cryptocurrencies. These are parallel forms of currencies. These are private forms of currencies. So 
the Marxist left, whether the American Marxists or the Canadian Marxists, cannot tolerate this. They must control it. They must drag everybody into their hell, everybody into their world, which is a world of uniformity and conformity. They cannot have this private entity or these private activities going on parallel to what they want. Because they can't crush you otherwise. This is why in our own country, they try and crush federalism. This is why the Democrats want a nationalized, centralized voting system so they can control all aspects of the election. This is why they try to pack the Supreme Court. This is the mindset of the American Marxists and the Canadian Marxists. And it is playing out, and I am sick and tired of the appeasers and the sellouts and the cowards pretending, well, these are just liberals. These are progressives. Something's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. I know history. Go ahead. The illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the proceeds of crime. Oh, and we have to capture it all because they're squeezing money out and contributions through these other, these other mechanisms. You don't remember anything like this against Black Lives Matter, do you? Against Antifa? They have that going up there, too, you know. They wouldn't give it a second thought, for God's sakes. Not a second thought. But remember, Trudeau's a big fan of communist, genocidal China, just like Tom Friedman. Go ahead. Financing Act. Our banks and financial institutions are already obligated to report to the financial transactions and reports analysis. They control the banks. Now, I want you to remember, in this better buffoonery forward, or whatever they call that massive bill, remember how they were trying to compel the banks to report every time you received or sent $600? Remember that, Mr. Producer? Now do you understand why they want it? Now do you understand why they want access to your bank accounts? That's why. Go ahead. Of Canada or FinTrack. As of today, all crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use must register with FinTrack. They have just nationalized all private online funding platforms. Just nationalize them. Just nationalize them. You are now to report. In other words, you're effectively being licensed. You are now to report to the federal government. The banks, you are to report to the federal government. The FundMe sites, you are to report to the Canadian government. The insurance companies, you're to report to the Canadian government. Go ahead must report large and suspicious transactions to FinTrack. Unbelievable. This will help mitigate the risk that these platforms receive illicit funds. What are illicit funds? Oh, if you're funding the truckers, that's now illicit. That is at a par with terror. Doesn't that sound a little bit like the, the meritless Garland memo against the parents in the school districts, ladies and gentlemen. People are saying that this is on the way in the United States. It's not on the way into the United States. It's in the United States. It's in the United States. They've been spying on the president of the United States, Donald Trump, and his campaign. 
And the same media that covers for the genocide in China, the same media that's all, all gummed up with the Olympics and communist China, the same media that's on the payroll, the same academia that's on the payroll, the same politicians that's on their payroll. What do you mean they're bringing this to the United States? It's in the United States. Who the hell do you think it's advising Trudeau? He did all this after he spoke to Biden. We had a presidential campaign, a president of the United States, spied on by the opposition party with the help of federal authorities, ladies and gentlemen. And we have people in the Washington Compost and New York Slimes writing pieces saying it's not what it looks like. Finally, we have the Wall Street Journal editorial page, Never Trumpers All, putting out a piece. Wow, they really did spy on Trump. Oh, my God. Then you have others downplaying it. Like Andy McCarthy and our buddy Hugh Hewitt. Who is our buddy? That's really not a big thing, you know. It's... All right, let's go. Go the quality and quantity of intelligence received by FinTrack and make more information available to support investigation. FinTrack is the Financial Transactions Reports Analysis Center of Canada. They're going to track all the flow of all this money. And now this flow of the money is all illegal. They just grabbed the financial institutions of their own country that's what they did cut 15 go second the government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the emergencies act authorizing canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further All right, they're now seizing individuals' bank accounts. Seizing them. Seizing them. I told you over two days ago, as soon as there was a spark, the totalitarianism is now how you define the regime in Canada, and it is officially a police state. That's what it is. It's a police state. 